So the comedian uh, Emo Phillips once shared the following story about two Christians, which I wanted to share with you this morning. It goes like this. He said, once I saw this guy on a bridge about to jump and I said, don't do it. He said, nobody loves me. I said, God loves you. Do you believe in God? He said, yes. I said, are you a Christian or a Jew? He said, a Christian. I said, me too. Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. What franchise? He said, Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, Northern Baptist. I said, me too. That's amazing. Northern conservative Baptist or Northern liberal Baptist? He said, Northern conservative Baptist. I said, gosh, what are the odds? Me too. Northern conservative Baptist Great Lakes region or Northern conservative Baptist Eastern region? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes Region. I said, amazing, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He said, Northern Conservative Baptist, Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. And I said, die heretic. And I pushed him over. (laughs) We're pretty good at division, aren't we? Gosh, the Feast of Pentecost is powerful because of the following truth. It reminds us, and in fact, it it forces us to remember that when all is said and done, we simply cannot define ourselves against our brothers and sisters, those Christians with whom we have been plunged into the baptismal waters. The Spirit of God, it brings freedom, but it also brings Unity, free to be bound together with one another, and yet how often we succumb to division. Some years ago, I saw a picture on the front page of a local newspaper of a massive group of ants that were floating in a nearby lake. And the image, it was incredible. You should Google this when you get home. Ants floating in water. See, when they've been plunged into water, they link arms in order to survive, and they hoist the vulnerable, the the larvae, those young embryonic ants. They hoist them on top of their bodies and float as a living raft across the water. And they can do this for days, in floodwaters even. This is an image of the church who has been plunged into baptismal waters. We're at our best when we are united and protecting our most vulnerable. But we can only be effective in the mission of God if we are united as the people of God by the Holy Spirit, who empowers us to do the work that God has given us to do. This is baptism in the Spirit, rebirth through water, made into one people, united around God's love. And Pentecost reminds us, once again, that this is not just something we will ourselves into. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. God's love binding our hearts together as a community. We don't just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and make this happen. You see, this rebirth in the Spirit includes the renewal of the human Race. It is a commonplace, among preachers at least, that the Pentecost event unties the knots of Babel. You remember Babel, right? The Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. The account reads, 
Then they said, that is humanity, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. You see, we love making a name for ourselves, don't we? We all want to make a name for ourselves if we're honest. We just sometimes forget that if we've been baptized, the most important name by which we're identified is Christian. So at Babel, we see two ways in comparison to Pentecost. At Babel, Yahweh places a divisive curse on human language, which tries to build by its own name, not by the name of God, but by the Pentecostal miracle in Acts 2, everyone hears the good news in his or her own language. At Babel, nations are divided. In Pentecost, peoples reunite in a common confession and baptism. So in the two ways, though opposed to Babel, Pentecost simultaneously realizes the aspirations, those frustrated aspirations in the Tower of Babel, because Babel is an effort to arrest the scattering of humanity. But what does Pentecost do? It gathers. Babel aims to preserve the unity of human language and faith, but Pentecost reunites. Babel's builders want to link heaven and earth precisely what the Spirit accomplishes. You see, the Spirit's arrival makes the church an open gate of God which, by the way, is what the word Babel means, open gate of God. You see, Babel is an attempt to have unity without the Spirit of God. Babel is the exact opposite of what Pentecost brings, uniting people from every tongue, tribe, and nation before the throne in worship without making them the exact same. Pentecost is unity without uniformity. You see, it is important to remind ourselves that in the New Testament, the renewal and the the reunion of humanity is an act of God. And in a stunning phrase, the Apostle Paul will say elsewhere in Galatians that the Spirit baptizes all into one body so that there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Unity not uniformity. Very often, we're not that big on the Holy Spirit in the Episcopal Church. We feel like, well, that's the property of the charismatics, right? The Spirit is the engine driving the church, the power of God given to us in baptism upon which we need to be radically dependent. And so the challenge is, that we live in a culture where we are encouraged and in fact rewarded when we reduce people from a divine miracle created by the Spirit of God to a pile of cells whom we can dismiss so easily. Well, they're not a vessel of God's Spirit. And social media especially, right? It is a fertile playground for this kind of behavior, for division, We're so easily enticed into sharing a picture or a meme or a post that dismisses an entire swath of people, those on the left or those on the right or those don't who agree with me, dismissing them as an absurdity, as a mindless pile of cells instead of shot through with divine dignity as people who are made in the image of God and on whom the Spirit of God is working. 
as brothers and sisters, especially those bound to us in baptism. When we let disagreements, any kind of disagreement, divide us, we give more power to that disagreement than to the gospel. And that is sin. It is a capitulation to the spirit of the age instead of the spirit of God. You see, if our commitment to any group, whether it is a political party or a nationality, a sports team is keeping us with, from fellowship with a brother or a sister in Christ, this, oh, this is sinister. The spirit unites where other institutions divide because the gospel crosses every border. You see, the scandal of the gospel is that it claims that the most real, the most important, the most true connection that we have with one another comes through being bound together in baptism and the lordship of Christ and the kingdom of God. And so Pentecost calls us to a more beautiful way, a way of walking together with people of different tribes, tongues, and nations, which is in fact where the Bible is leading We hear in Revelation, after this I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, peoples, and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb. This is the end of the church. We might as well start living now as we will live then. So may this be our prayer, to be a people who pursue unity, who bring healing to the divisions in a world that is so often polarized and fragmented. Amen.